0: Okay, so if you would turn to me to Psalms 37, that's where we're going to be working the majority this morning. And I'm going to be reading a lot from my notes because um, obviously I wasn't expecting this so I haven't practiced and polished as much as I'd like to before I bring the word of the Lord to you but what I do believe is the Holy Spirit works and he's already present and he's already doing that work in our hearts and so I'm just the vessel it takes a lot of pressure off right so when we take a look at Psalms 37 there's some different steps in Psalms that I want to bring to our attention our attention this morning Um, When you think about it, in society, we have a lot of organizations that have step programs for success, right? And you guys probably have heard about the 12-step program. How many? Yeah, right? So that's actually a pretty old program. Um, It was developed in the 1930s, and it's still being used today. It's still an active, successful program. What if I were to tell you that I could introduce to you today a six-step program? that's much older than the 1930s. In fact, this program was developed around 539 BC, and this program is equally, if not more so successful in that it's still changing lives today also. So what I'd like us to do is look at Psalms 37, and we're gonna start at verse three. Actually, let's just read from one. It says, do not fret because of evil men, Or be envious of those who do wrong, for like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Now let's take a look at the next verse with the step program in mind. So, step one says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pastures. Let's back up a little bit. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. First step, trust. I started doing a little investigation on what is it that people these days in current society trust in. And it was actually quite alarming. <laughs> Reader's Digest said that currently Americans trust TV court judges more than anything. <laughs> Judge Judy's got it made. The other alarming fact was that we trust doctors that have been on TV, Dr. Oz, more so. Than live characters? How many are guilty of Googling ailments and trusting what Google says? And we know that that feed comes from a lot of sources and they're not always trustworthy. Is this alarming anybody else? Yeah, sometimes we can actually associate with ourselves or we look around and we know others who have put trust in things that are fictitious or really not a worthy source. But God is a worthy source. Jesus tells us, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord, trust in the Lord. Where are we? Where's our heart? Where's our trust meter? Are we trusting things of the world? Are we looking to the Bible for our answers? Are we Googling these things? Why is it that we trust a source just because it's televised? Now, what if Jesus' miracles were all broadcast today? What if we could Facebook Live the healing that Peter and John performed through the Holy Spirit at the gate called Beautiful? Would we more easily trust the power of God? What does it take for us to take the first step of six and trust? Let's take a look at verse four. It encourages us to take delight in the Lord. It says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What is something that brings you delight? I know for myself, it's my family. I love having my family. My daughter's here from Louisiana with her three, and we have been busy. And we have been seeing all sorts of great sights. And one of my biggest joys is to watch the faces on these kids as we explore. That gives me great delight. Can you go... There in your mind right now, think of something that brings you delight. Go there in your mind and feel the emotions around that. Can you now replace the thing that you just labeled? For me, it would have been family. Can I put God in that place? And can I feel that same emotion? So how often do we put the emotion of pure delight and the image of God together in our minds and in our hearts? That was challenging to me. Because I don't always think of the delight in the Lord. You know, I'm, I'm constantly, like, falling on my knees before the Lord and asking him for reproof and to purify my heart. But how often am I just, like, joyous and delighting in the Lord? That's our step two, delight in the Lord. Take delight. Pray about that. If you haven't felt the delight, ask him for the delight. Step three, when we look at verse five, it says, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him. Look at what's promised at the end of this verse. It says, he will act. He will act. It doesn't say commit and maybe he'll show up. Have you ever been stood up? Have you ever gone to a restaurant and you're sitting there at the table waiting for someone? And you're sitting. Sure, I'll take water. And you're sitting. Wondering, do I order? Do I call? I don't see a text message. Feeling a little stood up, right? It's not the way God operates. God will show up. If we commit our ways, he will show up. That's a promise, right? That's an that's a affirmative. He will. There's no question mark at all in that verse. He will show up. Not only will he show up, but it says he will act. Look at verse 6 and see what happens as you take step 3. He will make your righteousness or vindication shine like the light and the justice of your cause like the noonday. Do you see the grace pouring out in that verse? We show up, he will act, and he pours out the grace. It's beautiful. Do you see the potential for us if we just are willing to take these steps closer to holiness? Maybe we didn't understand before that this is actually possible. This is possible. God will work on your heart. He will show up. He will pour out the grace. He will refine us. My family went to a friend of ours yesterday that's a glass blower, and we had the opportunity, each of the kids, each of the five kids, were able to make a piece of art with this glass blower. And this morning as I was getting ready to come in, I started thinking about that metaphorically with our Savior. And I started thinking about sometimes we really feel the heat. It was about 110 degrees in his shop, and that was with the doors open. And each time he'd go grab that glob of glass, he'd roll it in the color, and then he'd put it back into the fire to allow that color to melt into that white glass. But he was heating it up. It was feeling the stress of that heat each time. And he kept refining it until it was the peace that they wanted. God will show up and he'll pour out that grace. We may feel like we're in that fire, but he's going to pull us out and he's going to work on us. And maybe we go back in, but I want that. I'm willing to take the heat. I'm willing to take the fire because I want to be refined. Now if we look at verse 7. It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Look back at the first few words in this verse. This is one that's really challenging to me. (laughs) Slow down. Right? Be still. I kind of run like an ever-ready bunny. In fact, this morning, without a little bit of adrenaline, knowing I was going to have to pull off the word of the Lord, I asked Ernie, make me a triple shot vanilla latte. (laughs) And Rihanna says to me, are you going to be jittery up there? I said, actually, I'm already jittery, so I'm hoping the caffeine's just going to burn me out, so I'll be calm. It worked, Ernie. Where are you at? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Slow down. We don't have time to slow down. If you're that person too, then we're the ones that really need to hear this. Be still. Sometimes we're just too busy trying to solve it all, right? We're too busy serving, and that's good. Serving is good. But how can we outflow to others if we're not being refilled? We need to stay connected to that source, and we need to slow down long enough to be able to sit in it. Our garden taught me something. In fact, Clark came in one morning and he said, where are the girls at? And I said, I don't know. He gathered them after he found them. And I overheard him teaching them about what a sunflower does. I've grown sunflowers before, but I've never really observed this. So those of you that are gardeners, hang tight because you probably already know, but some of us may not. It's called a sunflower because it turns its head and it rotates and always keeps its face towards the source. Right? It's planted firmly and it's still, but it rotates and always is fed by that source. I want to be still. I want to be connected to that source. I don't think at this point that God is trying to encourage us to be non-productive, right? are supposed to be productive but he's just telling us that until we set aside a time time aside to spend with him purf- purposefully that we're not going to be able to find peace in this crazy world. We get so busy and we lose our peace. How can we feel the delight if we're feeling crazy? How can we feel the joy and the comfort and the grace if we're running at all times? We have to be patient sometimes that it's God's timing. Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 tells us that his ways are, what is it? His ways are higher, right? We have to trust the knowledge that God knows better than we do. It says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts Higher than your thoughts. Praise God for this. We don't have to know it all, but we do need to be still and listen so we get that source from who knows best. Okay, we've got two more steps. Are you with me? Okay, so step number five. It says in verse eight, refrain from anger. Verse eight, refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret, it leads only to evil. Do not fret, as it only leads to evil. My dad was a banker, and he would always tell us worry is interest due on a problem, no, oh, worry is interest paid on a problem not yet due. Right? Worry is interest paid on a problem not yet due. When we fret, it only leads to evil. It gets us all stirred up, and we start getting self-absorbed, don't we? How can we look up? How can we rotate and keep our eyes on the source when we're always looking inward and we're fretting? The love of God can cover all of our fears, and that we hang on to. It says that the wicked will be cut off, there's another promise. We need to sit. We need to be still. Because remember, we already know that he will show up. Can you imagine the wonderful feeling someday of being able to have all the temptations of sin that you struggle with right now dissolved? Can you imagine getting to a place of peace and, and of um, joy in your heart To where you can refrain from the anger. God's telling us that it's possible for us to overcome sin. It's possible for us to overcome succumbing to temptation. It doesn't mean that we're never going to be tempted. Jesus was tempted, right? That good old devil knows how to pick on people. Jesus was weak. He was hungry. Remember that scene? And the devil came. If we connect to the source, there are still going to be times that we feel a little weak, but we need to keep connected because we don't want to be succumbing to these temptations. Christ was a perfect example of that holiness while he was facing temptation. It's kind of incredible when you think about the fact that he was able to overcome that and then admittedly I know that it's hard for me to overcome some of the simplest things I want to arrive at a place in my walk with God that I'm able to with the help of the Holy Spirit to turn from sin and sin no more I want to be connected so well to my source that when that devil comes I can say get behind me because I'm walking forward we're going to skip clear to verse 27 because these steps are not just for us these steps are not just to take us in that path towards holiness there's a purpose for us refining ourselves 27 says, turn from evil and do good. Then you will always live securely. There's a promise for us, right? That we will live securely, and that's wonderful. But I want you to back up a little bit, and I want you to look at the turn from evil and do good. There's a request for action. We're stepping towards holiness so we can do good. It's not just for us. We're refining so we can be that reflection in this crazy world. We're supposed to be the salt and the light. We're supposed to love thy neighbor, and we're to look after the widow and the orphans. We're to serve one another. And the reward then is, so you shall abide forever. That's huge. We get to abide forever. Is anybody else excited about that? Like that's where I want to be. If you paint a picture of that being the opposite and us being separated, that's hell. I want to be right there with my Savior. I want to have that head like the sunflower that he created. And I want to be connected to that source. Not just for me, and that's a great kickback, but I want to be the salt and the light. I find it incredible to know that the truth that God gave to us is that we can become holy only by Jesus and the grace that He gives, right? That's the source. It's not by works. We cannot earn our way to salvation through works. We know that. We can't do the six steps and earn our way to salvation. That's just the fruit that He's asking us to walk with in order to be the light. But by the grace of Jesus, He has poured into us and He has corrected anything within us, within me, if we just let Him. But we need to fall and we need to be vulnerable. Taking the six steps towards holiness does not make us better than anybody else. In fact, I think the more I dive into the word and the more convicted I am, the more I see my sinful nature. But then as soon as I see it and I confess it, I celebrate. Because it's taken. It's, I've been redeemed. And that's our dream And our hope for everybody. Not just those of us sitting here today. We've had the opportunity to rise up as a church this morning. And thank you everybody who has stepped in to do that. But this is what I'm talking about. We want these steps to affect our hearts and our behavior to such a point that we can be the church no matter where we are. When we're called that we understand that we are just a vessel. And like I said that takes a lot of pressure off. Because God's love can override any fear, any fear in the moment when you're called to step up. It's amazing. So it doesn't make us better than anybody else. It just draws us closer to God while we're here in the flesh. This is a way to release this human nature from the original sin temptations that separate us from our Lord. You were made in his image. Really think about that. If you were made in his image, then no matter what you walked in with today, guess what? You can release that to him. You can trust him with that. You can be still, and you can take delight in the Lord knowing that you can be redeemed. Call upon the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. It's not by what we do It's not by how holy we might think we are. We're not. The more we aspire to it, the more we realize that grace was so necessary. But I want to refine this girl. Not for my own sake, but there's a lot of lost people that need that freedom, that need that grace, and that need that hope. We're made in his image and we are made for holiness. So it's up to you what you decide to do with the six steps. I'm going to go back over them. Trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit to the Lord. Be still in the Lord. Refrain from anger. Depart from evil and do good. If you don't know who Jesus is this morning and you walked in with a heavy burden, I'm telling you right now that you are made in his image just as much as anybody in this church that attends on a regular basis. And if you're new to the church and you haven't given your life to Jesus, you have an opportunity. Pray a prayer in your heart and accepting Jesus as your Savior. And if you want someone to pray with you over that, or if you've already accepted Jesus and you're ready to take a deeper level and you're ready to commit to some steps to holiness... And surrender everything to him then there's an altar up here at front and you can either pray on your own or there will be people that would come and pray with you over whatever the need is you have this morning. It doesn't have to be a salvation issue but if you don't have it in order and you're not sure if his blood has covered you pray. Let's close in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for your word. We thank you that within your word, Lord, when we just commit it to our hearts, Father, that you have put out such a wonderful instruction book that just draws us to you. And Lord, we admit in our frailty that we mess up, and sometimes it's a lot. Lord, I just pray for my own heart, and I'm sure that there would be several that would agree with me, Lord, that we just want you to fill us and turn hearts of stone or areas of our hearts, Lord, that are still hard. Soften them, Lord, and turn them into hearts of flesh, your flesh. We know that your creation is good, and we know that your intention is to have us be made in your image, Lord, and we just ask you to convict our hearts to take steps towards that, that we might draw closer to you. Lord, we thank you for this church, and we thank you for the church body as a whole. And Lord, we thank you for your sacrifice in Jesus that covers it all. May we go be the salt and the light. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.